we're here for tournament and the tea break and oh my god what a day i'm of course ros satar from britwatch sports i'm joined by Renée Denfeld of My Tennis. And? Marianne Beavis of Sport Review. We have a treat for you. We have three of us, um, all for the price of one. Okay, so today was the, was the quarterfinals, and we saw um, some corker of matches and a few surprising little twists at the end. Let's start, of course, with Alexander Zverev. Having got the adrenaline rush of making his first quarterfinal, sadly our, fr our friendly giraffe was felled by a hamstring injury that came up quite early actually, I think it was in the fourth game of the first set. You saw him pulling up, looked like he was clutching the back of his leg and then from there really team's master plan of pulling him out wide and bringing him forward to the net was, was just devastating because as the match wore on he couldn't do anything. Yeah, um, Zverev pretty much admitted to that. He said he felt it in the fourth game, um, was pondering whether he should call the physio or not. He said he generally doesn't like to call the physio unless it is something that is um, like really bothering him. And at some point in early in the second set, he felt like he couldn't really move anymore. So that's when he called the physio. And um, mm -hmm. basically, it was game over for him as soon as he pulled the hamstring. Because after having gone, he said the five matches, the, the, the three matches with five sets did not really affect him too much. But I think after having had that uh, basically as his baggage coming into this match, Anything with him falling short physically or having a physical issue was going to rule him out of contention for semifinals. And um, yeah, team did what he had to do, played it smart, and uh, is looking pretty good at the moment. I thought team looked very strong today. Actually, I thought very solid from the back. But I also like the way that he's coming into the net much more. He's he's talked about being more aggressive in his tennis, and that's exactly what he was doing today. Lots of coming in short, dropping the ball short making poor Sasha run back like a loony to try and pick up the ball. Also interesting that Sasha talked, was asked briefly about had he thought about retiring yeah. sort of halfway or towards the end of the second set. He had thought about it, didn't want to do that, doesn't like the idea of retiring. So credit to him, he stuck it out to yeah. the end and uh, was a gracious loser really yeah i think um i think i've seen him i think i felt that i've seen him grow up a lot um over this clay court season not necessarily just here um i mean he can be terse <laughs> for the benefit of the the, the tape uh, renee's face is like mm -hmm. you sure he can be terse but i think maybe um the the jonathan effect has actually soothed his uh, churning waters what do you think I personally think that he has learned a lot, even though previous in, in previous press conferences he said he didn't feel, he doesn't want to learn anymore, which is something that a 21-year-old ranked at num ranked at number three in the world would say. You would expect that person to say that, so that makes perfect sense. Um, I think he's he can take a lot out of this week. He's like passed. He's finally made that hurdle of making the quarterfinals, of winning winning back-to-back five-set matches. So I think. These are all good things. For Wimbledon, I think it would be recommended that he didn't try to replicate what he did here. Um, because uh, even though he very much did not want to admit to the physical or the mental fatigue of going back to back with yeah. those long uh, tussles, uh, th there is a toll and it will take a toll. And I think any other top player will tell you that wasting your or, or squandering a lot of energy in the first week on yep. long five set matches will take its toll just ask Andy Murray but surely that that 
was largely because of the amount of tennis he played coming in here as well. He perhaps wasn't quite as fresh and sharp as he perhaps mm. should have been at the start of the major. I mean, he won a lot of matches, won tournaments. He, I mean, he, yeah. he'd look, he had looked very good in uh, the run-up to Roland Garros. Um, and I think he showed a lot of um, mental maturity. The fight was there, you know, to come back as he did in three mm. matches from a deficit. Um, it, it, it's pleasing because he, ne he needs to mature as a person and I think he's doing that. Well, on to the women, and we have an all-American uh, semi-final here that doesn't involve anybody with the surname of Williams, <laughs> um, which is is quite a rarity in it in itself. Uh, let's start with Maddie Keys. Um, we all, we said the other day um, that you know if she could actually keep her head about her while putting savers were losing theirs, um, then she would be. Um, she would come through, although there wasn't really that much drama. One little squeak with the umpire, and 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 that was it. But Madison played a really good game, kept ahead. Putin Saver did what she did against Conta and broke quite early in the first set. And and Maddie sort of kept herself calm, broke back, and you know I I thought it was an impressive performance from her. I thought it was a very mature performance from Madison, which I think is speaks volumes to how she's gone through this tournament so far. Madison Keys making Roland Garros semi-finals without dropping a set is not necessarily something that I thought I would be saying at this point <laughs> yeah. in the in the tournament. But uh, all credit to her, she based, she went in as the favorite against someone who can be a very uncomfortable opponent, obviously. But um, I think she handled it really well. I thought it was interesting that Mary Carrillo said on air that apparently her, her hitting partner um, ahead of this uh, this match was basically doing very demonstrative fist pumps and <laughs> yelling and circling of marks and all these kind of just sort of um, disrupt the things that uh, Yulia Putintseva is quite known for. Um, so I think she went in mentally prepared for this and handled it really well, especially the first set coming back from the breakdown and um, thought it was a very composed performance from her. Um, and yeah, I'm looking forward to the rematch of the US Open finals from last year. It's it's I know it doesn't invo involve a name Williams, but it's not it's it's a match we've had yeah. just I don't know, nine months ago or something like that. Mm -hmm. So and I mean Sloane was, was you know, I think Kazakina impressed us with the way that she came back after the after the stoppage for bad light and just reeled off her three games without without blinking an eye. The forehand that had been missing a little bit in the the match the night before had come back, but it, it really wasn't in evidence today. Um Sloane just managed to shut her game down really well, kept her wits about her and you know, Kazakina kind of bowed out quite meekly, I thought. Well, I think what really played in, in Sloane's favour today, and that's something that also uh, Kasakina very much said in her post-match presser, I think conditions were really good for Sloane today. Um, it was heavy, it was um, it was a bit slower, there was like the, the, because it had rained a lot and because it was so humid, the clay was quite heavy, so it wouldn't like take on much topspin today. So um, everything that Kasatkina sort of fit with a bit more spin in order to bring variety into the rallies, it basically landed in Stephen's wheelhouse. So mm. that she was just able to to not clobber because Stephen's rarely clobbers. There's like she was able to hit the ball with a lot of controlled aggression, and and smothered uh, Kasatkina, especially in the second set. I felt the first set was 
that game, that eighth eighth game where um, Stevens got her break, I think that was very crucial. And afterwards, she didn't look back, and Kasatkina just didn't find a way back in. What do we think about Kasatkina? You obviously pronounce it differently from me. Um, what do we think of her chances as she goes into onto the, onto grass. the grass? Because I'm, she's got such an all round smart game. I think she could do, do some pretty damage. well there. And she's supremely confident. She is when 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 she's actually quite confident and sort of striking fearlessly. I think she I think she's great. I mean, I've tried her like jumping backhand, and it, you know, mm. it's it's not anywhere near mm. as impressive as hers. Um, you know, and I think I think she'll be able to get down for a lot of decent drop shots and make use of the challenges that grass will will pose mm. to mm. other people. Um, I'm not sure what her grass court credentials are, but I will go and dig them out. Mm. And I'm mm. going to sort of check where she's playing because she must be doing um, some of the British yeah, tournaments in I the run-up. So I'll I'll have a look and see. But yeah, I, I you know I don't see I don't see why not. I personally think grass is a bit of a tricky surface for her because with her it's she's either on, like when she's on it's glorious to see because then she's like a conductor on court and she orchestrates it so mm. well and she does such a great job of using the geom geometry of the mm. court and just using yeah just being very very smart if her shot selection is on if it is off then i think grass is a terrible mm. surface for her because then she is flustered with regards to what to do and sometimes when i felt that this year at least when when kasatkina is not on her game then it's quite tough to watch her sometimes because you, you just suffer with her in a way because she just at a loss with regards to like what do I do because she does have such a variety and I think that can still be quite tricky considering she's mm. so young and it'll take a bit more time for her maybe to for her game to mature. Say, that's maturity, so, isn't it? Yeah. And that's yeah. where I feel that grass could be tricky. If she's on, it could be great for her. If she's off, I think it She'll could be awful. It. it could be mm. awful for her. So it's also and with her it's very much ever related. Mm. Very much ever related. <laughs> if she runs into someone like Madison Keys on grass oui. <laughs> that could be uh, she would have her hands full and there's a chance it wouldn't be for a very long time so <laughs> it's it's tricky with her i think she's got great potential but it's still a bit up and down and there, there will be better weeks and works and, and weeks where things just don't click together that well so who do we think is going to come out on top of uh madison's loan sloan. Guess it's as good as mine <laughs> um, i like to think well i was going to say madison but um, yeah, my heart says Madison, but I think the way that Sloane's been playing, that, I yeah. think Ed says Sloane. She just seems to be, she she just gets these like bites of the cherry, doesn't she? She 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 takes the opportunities and she runs with it. Um, and I think I think I don't know. Yeah, I think Sloane, but mm. yeah, heart I, says Maddie. Mm. I I, I hope that. Madison will come out better in the semi-finals than she did in the finals of the US Open, yes. where she was just very flustered, of yes. course. Um, yes. But what I just feel with with Sloan, and that's something that we we were talking about, I think a few days ago, is like we were looking at that bottom half of the draw, and we're like, who of these eight players, like someone will take the opportunity, yeah. or not take the opportunity, but there's an opportunity there, and who is less least likely to get flustered or phased by it and I think that is Sloane Stevens yeah. because she had this a similar situation at the US Open where she she ran with it at the end and, and she, it didn't seem to bother her or the opportunity didn't seem to weigh heavily on her shoulders as it would with others so I'm, yeah. I'm with Sloane Stevens here. Well it's, it's only right that we finish with um, the drama of Novak Djokovic versus Marco Cecchinato. 
must get it right. I having seen the having seen the <laughs> having seen the John McEnroe clip. Um, yeah, uh, the match itself was incredible. Some of the best tennis I think we've seen this fortnight. Uh, Cecchinato is coming in with confidence. Before now, he'd never won a main draw match at a Grand Slam. Um, he took out David Goffin which was a big enough win. I mean, mm -hmm. Goffin was the number eight seed, I believe. Mm -hmm. So that was a big win. Don't forget that Novak Djokovic is the number 20 seed. Uh, but before long, he was 4-1 up on Djokovic in the first round. Djokovic got his head damn near twisted off by the physio. That really did not look comfortable at all. Um, and then um, in a great... Things seemed to settle down. Novak Djokovic seemed to be a little bit more in control, but was edged out in a great tie break. Then he came back, uh, and we all thought, this is it now. It's, it's going to be smooth sailing. Took the third set, 6-1. He was 4-1 up in the fourth set before um, Cecchinato woke up and started to come back at him. And then that final tie break... My goodness. <laughs> Some, somebody <laughs> clarify or put, put, put into words what we I, saw. I don't know what was going on with Djokovic, actually. Checking out, it was ob obvious that he was just being buoyed up by the occasion and the crowd, and he was feeling physically good. And because he's got the kind of game that just disrupts Novak's rhythm, the drop shots, the slice, the squash shots, the, it just... All mixed it up and the one-handed backhand that down the line was just it opened up the court much more than a lot of players can do against Novak but I mean you mentioned the treatment to his neck he had that done twice and then there was another changeover where we had treatment to, um, to his, his calf and knee as well he was asked about it in press you know what were the physical issues and he said there are a few niggles but he didn't want to elaborate on it um, on much other things, on many other things. <laughs> but that, no. Well, we'll come on to that yeah. in a sec. But, mm. I mean, ult ultimately, it, it was a, a real thriller. Um, I mean, come on, 13-11, what, what does that tell you? It was a joyful sort of conclusion yeah. to the match as well. Not for Novak, clearly, but for, <laughs> but for you know, this unsung Italian yeah. guy to, to be having this kind of run and just riding the emotions and not just that he's a practice partner for, for Djokovic mm, so Djokovic mm. even knew I mean mm. and we're used to seeing you know Djokovic at the net gracious in defeat but oh my word what a different story now um, I don't think I've ever seen a press conference like it and we've seen plenty of press conferences where players come straight in after they've lost mm. Thomas Burdish mm. is, is renowned for this he'll come in and you don't get anything out of him other than what do you want from me I've just come in um, Andy Murray's come in straight away and you actually get a fairly deep good analysis but they come in to get it over and done with and it's and it's, it's done then and then they can go off this was something different so to explain the main interview room is filmed and is transcribed so when they call somebody to the main interview room most of us don't actually take a dictaphone with us or our phones with us we just go straight there while we were on our way there the announcement came out room change Novak Djokovic will be in room two also filmed and transcribed, but for some reason the mics were not enabled or had been taken out mm. of that room. Possibly because at this stage of the tournament, most people are brought into the main mm. room because we're talking quarterfinals, semifinals, finals. So we all cannoned into this. So imagine the main room is huge, the room two, not so huge. Everybody cannoned into this room where Djokovic, as you would imagine, it was somewhat peeved, but 
you know, every answer was short, curt, and, you know, he declared he wasn't even sure he was going to play on grass. Um, you know, it was, it was bizarre, absolutely bizarre. I mean, number one, he must know that people were going to have phones um, or dictaphones and were going to record it. I don't think it was as um, conscious a decision as that, that he didn't want it recorded. I think he, he just beelined for that room because it was quick and easy. He was already in there didn't want to move. Um, it was suggested that a lot of people wanted to come to the main interview room be better. Once he was sat there, he said, I'm not going not anywhere. Um, and he was clearly very downcast to such an extent that somebody asked him, why are you taking this particular match so okay. badly? And he didn't really have an answer. He didn't have much of an answer for anything except, I don't know. Yeah. And he repeated, I don't know many times yeah. in the course of that quite bizarre press conference I thought that press conference the entire the, the entire those 10 minutes I thought in a way they were the kind of stuff that people are going to talk about for a while which just just when you say craziest press conference memories that you've had then people will say mm. oh that was the one time when we were all standing in interview room <laughs> one and we could see Novak Djokovic on the other side mm. in interview room two through the windows and we we're all wondering what the hell is going mm. on mm. so um personally I felt I, I thought it was very interesting as a press conference um I, what, what I found most telling was just also the body language, everything that was going on with, with him because absolutely, there's clearly yeah. a state a state of absolute bewilderment and just almost not sure if it's shock or or, or, or disbelief, but just the fact that I, I think what what ate away at him in those first fifteen minutes after that tiebreak, which lasted about fifteen minutes and was amazing, <laughs> as you all said, was the mm. fact that he played some surreal shots mm. to save match mm. points, for example, with that backhand yeah. volley mm. uh, that landed that inside volley. somehow, and a forehand that he smacked on the line. So he played his absolute best tennis, and somehow he got beaten by someone who should, uh, by all of our accounts, without any disrespect to Marco Cecchinato here, but like, this is not the guy that this is not someone who would who you would have yeah. picked to make semifinals. So. And yeah, you could just feel his frustration yeah. and his anger and everything. You could feel it pulsating through that heavily overcrowded press room. It th- was spectacular. I think there's an. I think there's also an element of, and he touched on this in Indian Wells that when he came out and played at Indian Wells, he said it's like I played my first ever ATP, um, ATP tour match. And I think because he's been at the top of the game and excelled and raised the bar, I think it's inconceivable to him at times that he could be playing quite like this and by this I mean you know we've said it before his 80% is somebody else's 110 Mm. but he's such a perfectionist that he can't believe that he's playing like this you're right some of those shots would have beaten anybody else and and somebody else twice on Sundays and and he's and they're just coming back time and time again I think that yes that's something that was perhaps or has been understated was checking out as defense because he was getting some of the shots back that he well I, I was staggered that he was mm. not just getting them back but putting them in difficult positions and with spin on them as well and Novak was finding it hard to read I think what was coming at him as well as actually play his game off it I mean the, the sound of death that I mean we, we're used to hearing his two-tone grunt but the sound of desperation in mm. some of an effort, a lot of effort was was 
quite staggering. I, I just remember thinking, I bet he just feels old now <laughs> because he sounded like it was like everything was just, you know, difficult. Yeah. But I, I mean, is he 100% match ready yet? Has he played enough tennis no. coming into it? And is it, was it partly that that he knew his resources, yeah. resources were running a bit? low by that stage. I, th I always thought that this was just a slam too soon for mm, him for mm. after the surgery. Mm. Um, I thought that this would be laying the groundwork for grass, but it was just going to be a little bit too soon for him to play himself into into form. But I felt I felt after round that he was in a pretty good spot, but this entire mm. day, today, everything from the first ball until he left, until he said Frala and he was like, whoop, and I'm out of here. Um, everything, it was just, it was bizarre. It was just bizarre and it threw up so it many. He was a question mark. On, mm. in his shoulders it was like his, his, his yeah, and his physical like that. He had several things in terms mm. of physical issues going on at mm. the same time. His neck, his calf. It's like that, to me, it was just it was bizarre. And then to, to I, as I said, I thought the press conference to me, yes, people will will have problems with it because there will be no radio, no TV, what everything like that. But it was in incredibly authentic um, yeah. it was yeah. so authentic no, down to was, a tea and that it just gave it was really raw, good insight it was raw insight yes yeah. it was raw yeah. it was emotional yeah. it was yeah. it gave you the sort of insight that you don't often mm. get from mm. from mm. these guys after losses or after victory so yeah. um mm. Yeah, yeah, it was it was some some humdinger to finish on today. And talking of humdingers, what are we going to be looking forward to tomorrow? Nice link, huh? Nice yeah, link. Smooth. We <laughs> have the women's uh, uh, quarterfinals in the top half up first with um, four women who have all been number one at some stage mm. in their career. One of them being the reigning number one, Simona Halep, against two-time Grand Slam champion Angelique Kerber. Well, and, and two of them actually fighting almost to be number one by yeah. the end of the tournament, exactly. depending on how these results go. Yeah. Um, so there's a lot on the line tomorrow, with also with Sharapova against Muguruza, which will be on Chatrier, who have not really met since the rise of, since Muguruza mm -hmm. rose to be a, a slam champion, and um, I am giddy with excitement <laughs> for both of these matches, yeah. and I really, I, I have a tough time picking, picking favourites in this. It's tough because I think Yes, Halep's going in as the favourite, but Angelique Kerber's going to like the fact that Halep is going yep. in as yeah. the favourite. Yeah. Favorite and um, and she played well in that last match too. So well. this is going. These two are going to be super, super yeah. interesting, and I'm just yeah excited to see what's going to come up it. And afterwards, we have the men's quarterfinals <laughs> in the top half as well. So we got Rafa, and let's just leave it at that <laughs> <laughs> because we're quite honestly we're not quite sure who's going to stop him. No, I doubt it'll be Diego Schwartzman. All credit to him, but um, mm. it's going to be rough for Diego Schwartzman and bottom half uh, Marin Cilic Marin. against Juan Martin del Potro. Oh, so that'll be, <laughs> that'll be another giraffes fighting uh, gift coming out. Yes, the well, question. Yeah. Actually, that that second match, I'm finding really, really hard to call. Mm -hmm. um, both of them seem to be hitting pretty decent form on clay, sort of unexpectedly. Um, and both of them seem very confident. Maybe it'll come down to the conditions tomorrow. Will it be hot and dry? Will it be damp and heavy? Will it? Will that make a difference? Rene, weatherman, what are the conditions I've likely no to idea. be? I've not looked at tomorrow. <laughs> I only looked at today and I saw, I, I, luckily for once, basically this tournament, I said, I think we're gonna be fine for today. It's not gonna be pleasant because mm. it was like a sauna at mm. 2 p.m. 
when I got here, so it was just vile, quite frankly, <laughs> out there. Um, but uh, I've not looked at tomorrow yet. I will do that later tonight because uh, no, there's, there's just so little point in looking so it's far ahead. It's similar to what it said the other day, there'll be thunderstorms later on. So. Lovely. Um, but Glorious. It transpires. <laughs> Um, my money's probably, if you force me, on Delpo. Really? Yeah. Um, Is that head or heart? No, it's head, I oh, think. Yeah. He's just looked... He looked sharp against us. Yeah, he does. He looks very fit. Um, and he, I don't think he's carrying any sort of burden of expectation either. He's just fit. And he's had, he's had some good results this year mm. already. Um, I thought I'd think he'd be a people's favourite if he goes through. Yeah, yeah. Tillich has flown under the radar as he always does. He does, yes. Um. And, and Delpo always gets the emotional support, I suppose. Yeah. But, uh, it'd be interesting to see how much support uh, Diego gets uh, in the other match. I think he actually he got a huge amount in that. Uh, yeah, I think when he started to turn things around, suddenly yeah. everybody. Um, I really hope he can at least acquit himself well and grab a set. I think he deserves a set. Um, but but yeah, I don't think I don't think no doubt yeah. No one's going to stop. No. no, not not at the current rate. No. <laughs> but hey, when, look after <laughs> what today. Do we know? After today, I think I'm, I'm hesitant to say the unexpected unexpected isn't going to happen because I did not have semi finalist Marco Cecchinato either. So. <laughs> no, this but, is true. So <laughs> let's, let's leave it there. Maybe if, if you did, please do feel free to send us a cut of your earnings. Just but please <laughs> don't tell us like if you bet on it or anything because that's like a that's bad. That's a cross section we don't want to know about. <laughs> You have, of course, been listening to Ros Sassar, Renee Enfeld, Marianne Beavis. Thank you for listening. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye.